All right. You want to you wanna get started? Hello. Way to go. That's great. That's excellent. Welcome to State of the Start. You are listening to Paul Moore and Daryl Ross. We work at Start Garden, working on an entrepreneurial ecosystem. It's identifying and removing barriers to people who want to innovate and launch new things. And uh, with the ultimate goal of building new wealth and new value in our city. And um, we take a systems level point of view on this stuff. And this week, we are taking a systems level point of view in Austin at South by Southwest. Yeah, so we've had the the privilege of, of taking in all things South by Southwest since last week. We'll be here a couple more days. So we might deviate a little bit from our normal script on ecosystem development um, and the importance of ecosystem development and obtaining equitable outcomes through, again, through wealth building. Um, but in that same spirit, you still but, get us. So and, I think and there's the so same. much like like this is the crazy thing about right. South by Southwest. Like there's so much, uh, just so much content, and yes. it's coming from all these different areas, so many different sectors. I didn't even see any of the big brand name people this year. Like. Uh, basically every single democratic presidential <laughs> right, right, candidate yeah. that you're going to find out about in the next year has been holding court. Yeah. Um, I shied away from the politics and did a lot of the, uh, the emerging tech, a lot of the AI VR, um, autonomous vehicles. Yeah. And, uh, I did quite interesting. a lot of the impact investing, because uh, this is a, this is a place where people come here and they talk about sort of being on the very edge of something. It's like the edge of a field. So here it was the edge of uh, impact investing, the edge of being. I, I got to hear a really just fun panel of um, black and Lat- Latino women, sorry, black and Latin ex women in tech, and just sharing their story and the the amount the impact that uh, Catherine Finney's. Uh, digital undivided is having for minority women in tech um it was it was pretty incredible to hear there was uh what else did i do well we heard, we we both went to that one guy um it's the one guy he just came out with that book i'm blanking on his name but his, the name of his new book is team human and yeah, he was awesome yeah he's kind yeah. of a veteran of the digital age like was it south by southwest back when it was uh handful of techies talking about this new thing that they thought had huge potential called the internet and well, now was it me or did you have like five or six paradigm shifts through his presentation yeah um i think the way that that he framed technology is not being about the end user anymore or or how things morph and not become about the end user and of course he said it way more eloquently than we'll ever be able um to define it but for instance, even in, so, we'll use the economic development yeah. where where stocks and, and raising stocks were originally to capitalize businesses, yeah. and the whole concept was for businesses to raise money. And now, now it's, it's the tail wagging the dog, where the it's now businesses exist to maximize the price of the stock. So he took that that kind of framework and, and, and applied it across tech and some of these emerging technologies. And I've I was telling Paul before we started and, and we went live. I'm really I'm really struggling my own cognitive dissonance around this emerging tech and AI and, and the opportunities. Uh, I think I think what we may gain maybe on the economic development front maybe have some social consequences that I this I, was, I didn't realize prior to uh, yeah to yeah. South by. It's been a great great challenging mental experiment for me. I'm just looking over my notes uh, from that team team human yeah. uh, talk and some of the things that came out of that. Um, 
or that every technology is a drug. Yeah, now how are you using that drug, right? So so yeah. let, let's expand on that. Then he went on and say, well, even, so even drugs said, are good when they're fixing things, right? So right. your car breaks down, you're having a, we- a weather emergency, though you use Skype or FaceTime or whatever your medium is to to host, still hold meetings and be productive. Yeah. As a drug, then it's fixing something that's broke. But what when it's but when it, when just it, when to it's get like, happy and, and use it? But when it's, <laughs> yeah, when it's a dependence, right? Um. He says that's when you you start to lose what it is to be human. You start to fall out of some of the, you know, the random creativity that passes through people's lives, and also the actual human connection. That was a big part of that. Was yeah. um, something he said is that you we we are not able to connect using our devices. Now that doesn't mean connect like like we connect on the phone. He means right. like. Like a human connection, you can't understand somebody's nonverbal language. You can't smell them. You can't feel the, you know, emotions that are coming off of them. And but what happens is when we use these devices as an intermediary, our brain doesn't blame the device that we're not getting all the information. Right. It blames the person on the other end for being an asshole or something. Right. You know, well, going on out down that rabbit hole of, of lack of human interaction, I went to the Sony house. Did you have a chance to go there? No. So they, they've had five individual robots that, um, I guess were raised individually, um, in their AI, they put them together in a group. These things are talking to each other, developing their own language and, and basically now have formed a temporary AI learning community it, themselves, themselves. I mean, (laughs) equipped with the the, with their own language, their language is actually evolving. Words that they used in the beginning are now becoming obsolete. It's almost following the trajectory. This is scary of mankind. So, so it's very interesting and spooky. But um, yeah, (laughs) Uh, exciting technology coming. So this is like it's probably good to start off because this is very much like the kind of like. South by Southwest, you zoom out and look at the globe and what's right. happening, and these are the kinds of conversations you start having, and then you drop down. And let's let's put context to our yeah. um, for our listeners because you don't know a lot about us. You're probably talking to probably the two biggest proponents of technology and applied technology and high tech, high growth businesses and so forth. So yeah. so we're not. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that we would be no. your typical. We're not. Yeah, we're not trying to regress back to some no. sort of simpler life, and we and we don't. Um, I think what something that keeps us awake at night is that uh, you know a service job doesn't seem to be able to support you know a, a mom raising a kid right. anymore, and that's uh, that's a lot of the economic development work that we see going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either you know. You, you go into this box and you're an entrepreneur. You go into this box and you're operating a machine or you're serving, you know, yeah. uh, chicken tables. And like it's it, it's but I think we, we see that there's a lot more fusion. And it, actually, there's been a ton of I think something that has maybe popped up in every single every single panel I've gone to, every single speaker I've heard is everyone is unanimously in agreement that um, uh, capitalism as it works today doesn't work. For everyone. And they're also unanimously in agreement that they don't want to throw out the system that exists and replace it with a new system. But what's it, it, it's actually kind of refreshing. It's kind of refreshing to hear everybody um, saying, okay, um, you know, whether, it, whether it's talking about impact investing or it's talking about 
uh, creating an uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem or is talking about um, the, the role that tech companies need to play now, today. Sure. Everybody's realizing that everything is way more way more integrated than anyone feels comfortable with, you know? Yeah, and I think that's where I, um, it, it was kind of reinforcing on our approach to ecosystem development, right, mm -hmm. rather than just economic development. But So by focusing on the FOIO and those inter, the interconnectivity of all of those resources and opportunities and how they work for everybody. So what kept bringing home to me is how important it is to really create within a spatial area, whether that's a city, a state, um, opportunities for everyone to participate in entrepreneurism, especially as it relates to wealth creation, because what happens if you create these pockets of wealth or you create these sectors of wealth and it's and this success is not spread by everybody or the community doesn't see the upside, mm -hmm. um, the unintended consequences have become highlighted in some of these outbreaks right so yeah. so again you focus on stock price you make a small group of investors rich this group of investors then to look out for their own personal interests mm -hmm. pursue things which are basically the results of I, I guess segregated wealth right yeah. where a lot of to, to your point a lot of ecosystem building is I think making capitalism better so I, I, it's yeah. not about rewriting it or doing it it's about expanding those opportunities D for weird. everyone weird i you literally just like i have this written down it has quotes around it from a talk somebody was making that exact same point they said we, we need to stop talking about haves and haves nots and we need to just talk about expanding opportunity right do people have access to opportunity wherever they are because if they have access to opportunity they have the freedom to use it right. And that's and what to, ecosystem is about, yeah. right? It's, it's creating and defining that end state where everybody has equal opportunity to participate in, in, in our case, entrepreneurism, and mm -hmm. then being very, very specific and, and intentional on removing every obstacle and barrier to provide that opportunity. So again, it's, a, it, it's not about the individual plants anymore. It's about the soil, and that's what we tr tend to yeah. do, and that's what we want to focus on with our ecosystem work. And it's, that's... No, that's like that's actually it's funny because if you scratch just beneath the surface, that's a very strong theme that's right. coming through uh, the conference right now. Is but that I have to reword that because I don't know that I like the soil of opportunity. I don't think that really <laughs> plays well, right? <laughs> and, and, it's it, in the dirt. It gets the job done, right? Right. So. Um, no, but I, yeah, I think that's that's something that is the. Uh, I think that's a shift. That's a shift from from. Um, just talking about who has money and who doesn't have money and who's getting wealthier and who's right. not getting wealthier. Definitely this year it's, it's people wading into the, the weeds and the complexity of how do we create more opportunities within right. these systems that have become a bit calcified and a lot of the opportunities limited to a group that, you know, right. has has blocked off a lot of other people from right. getting the opportunity because that would that might actually create too much competition. And, and it's that simple. It's it's about creating more opportunities. It's about creating more wealth. It's not a shift in wealth or a shift in assets. And right. I think I think a lot of times it's these conversations yeah. become dead on arrival because it, it comes across as this redistribution or yeah. this anti capitalism. I think we truly believe that good ecosystem work takes into account the opportunities within capitalism and are just intentional on making sure they exist equitably across space. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh so what's what's something what's something that you heard while you've been here that's really sticking with you? Because I'm 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 skimming through my notes no, and it's yeah, like so I don't, so I don't have my notes so you're putting me on the spot. I think oh. I kind of the 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 previous thoughts that I have 
communicate pretty much my my learnings and insight. Um, The other other thing that I think South by allows you to do, and I know this is important to entrepreneurs and we don't do it a lot, and and ecosystem workers, and that's to exhale. Just to exhale and create these temporary learning labs and these temporary learning um, networks where you can glean information and and pass it. So I've I've just been kind of walking around taking it all in again. There's understanding this is a there's also this South by thing that happens where you start to like uh, all these dots start to connect oh, across yeah. all the things that you've been hearing. Like you'll even you'll even wind up like walking into a bar and listening to a band and, you know, something on the wall starts to connect to the thing that you heard, right. you know, at a, at a thing. And for me, a big one has been um, that that uh, that talk about about technology and how. Right. It's actually, um, it's not, we're, our brains don't understand that we're not connecting with another human being right. through the medium of technology. Right. It thinks that it's connecting with a human being and it thinks that it understands what's going on. But, you know, why do we, why is it, why is it, if, if you're a Trump supporter or a non-Trump supporter, you can't sit in the same room right. <laughs> you know, at this point. Um, <laughs> but you think something, right? <laughs> but you think you understand each other. Uh, the and other then, thing it did to me is... is it reinforced. I mean, at, at Star Garden, we believe that one of one of the, I guess, three core approaches on, on our ecosystem work is this shared leadership model that takes into account diversity and diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, if, if I do say so myself, I think we did a great job at at challenging our preconceived norms yeah. and really going to breakouts that made us look at things differently. Yeah. And again, that's just more of that that muscle memory exercise and more of the exercise of making sure we're challenging ourselves with different perspectives from different people coming in yeah. from everywhere. Um, because again, it, it takes that amount of humility and intentionality to to really make sure we're working across mm-hmm. the entire ecosystem. Um, so, well, so again, it's been good challenge myself you know what i even did what i ate sushi for the first time <laughs> i'm a black guy for the record <laughs> wait, wait, talking about challenge we were together where did you eat it at Ra. So, oh that yeah. place is so good yeah, I've been it, there it, twice. Was, it was great but again just i was re- there today did you yeah it, it's good it's good um but again i mean to really be effective i, I think you have to kind of get out of your comfort area right so yeah. um Met some great new friends, great new networks over <laughs> some raw fish. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to that, um, to that degree, I think that there's a lot about work that's been popping up. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's this guy that was talking about how his company they've they've actually they've eliminated a lot of the uh, a lot of the bias in the interview process. His whole thing was like a job oh, yeah. interview. A job interview is an hour long performance from someone who's mostly lying to you um and he said and we and we you know take signals from uh you know how gregarious the person is and and attributes that we like about them and then we give them a job and it has absolutely no indicators how as to how they're going to perform so his company actually has hired a lot of people that are on the autism spectrum because it's a programming company Mm -hmm. and they've created just completely different tests to to raise to identify people's uh, capacity for pattern recognition, their resilience wow. as far as problem solving, their teachability, like some core things that they found that were really important before they ever even like have a conversation. Right. Um, and then... Yeah, it's, it's been my experience hiring as a 50-50 thing. Oh, it's it's, it's just, it's complete luck. Yeah, it's, it, it's, is. It, it is. Never, you never, and it's never, it's never ever going to be what you think it is going in. Mm-hmm. Um, six months later, you're always dealing with a totally different person than you thought. <laughs> 
Um, but what he what he did actually say is that he every single day, uh, all of the employees will take a quick survey as to how do they feel about their team. Do they feel appreciated by the company? Do they feel comfortable voicing themselves in front of, you know, their manager? And they call it the uh, the net loneliness score. And it's wow. like a it's like a key performance indicator for their company. Is like how are the do our employees feel lonely? Especially because a lot of them have autism. A lot of them, you know, feel right. a, a lot of challenge in like a social environment. And tells you the power of network too, right? So even even within entrepreneurs, I mean, something worse and probably in a, more ineffective than a lonely entrepreneur. Yeah. So so again, if there are ways to gauge those within the ecosystem and and make sure we're intentionally building those networks and checking on it, yeah, I think that could be. I know there's a lot of emerging talk on how do you measure healthy ecosystems? What are those markers? We would yeah. definitely, as Stargard Inside, say the network piece of it and the network that you are either intentionally creating around up-and-coming entrepreneurs or that they bring themselves is a key element to sustainable businesses and ecosystems. Well, and that seems to be the thing that's becoming more and more, like, just just a recognition toward the human Right. That, like, sort of the human scale, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the kind of business you're... It sounds so, like, human. <laughs> it does but i think i yeah, think right. in contrast let's say like five years ago everything was about trying to create a tech unicorn correct correct this well, year it's very different it's about you know how are you creating value in the world um so yeah so going back to that human piece um i think one of the more interesting um breakouts that start garden actually participated in is you know what measuring quality ecosystems and entrepreneurship what are then the effects on wellness right so we're part of this wealth for health initiative that basically says um you know there's a direct correlation between an increase in income and your your wellness right so again when we talk about ecosystems when we talk about entrepreneurial activity and wealth building it's not just in isolation so just wealth doesn't come in isolation it actually goes back to that wellness and it goes back to the wellness of the community and back to that human piece and it kind of puts a why we do the work um which has kind of helped be our, our north star a little bit this is oh man this is so funny i can't believe we didn't have this conversation earlier because this is uh and everything that and this is this popped up in a couple of different places when people are talking about impact investing there's a lot of investors that want to see a return on an investment that is also a social return right, right. or so, or an environmental return or something. like we we kind of understand like carbon footprint kind of right right you know um goals but um what they were saying was uh, it's a very pragmatic thing when you add a metric that is an impact metric. And the way to go about doing it is not in this sort of like top-down government, like you have to have this percentage of minorities on your staff, you have to have this you know level carbon footprint, you have to have X, Y, Z. Uh, they said that it takes a lot of, a lot of just digging in and understanding the business model and what the founders want to achieve and then kind of working your way back to one or two measurements besides revenue that are key to making the business even stronger. And that's, it sounds so funny because I think it's like one of those things that people have, um, it just doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like pure capitalism, you know. It's right, like it's right. like we're not going to measure. And maybe that's the problem. We're not going to measure anything, but but just but is it making money or is it not? Does it have oxygen right. or does it not have oxygen? Just like well, it might have oxygen, but is it also like 
nutritious food you know, right. <laughs> going into the body. And I think that um, and, it's and not I, a regulation. And, and I would I would I would challenge that norm, right? Um, in this definition that it's not real capitalism has just become this working definition of capitalism, right? So let's just change it right here on State of the Start where we're going to use capitalism is how do you use capital to affect isms? All right. This is a very Joe Ross kind of thing. <laughs> you like say. that, right? So, yeah. So, whether that's. What kind of isms? Yeah, racism, sexism. I mean, again, entrepreneurship and, and has a ability to really offset a lot of racial history. Entrepreneurship yeah. has a opportunity to offset a lot of, of um, the wealth disparities, even among different sexes, right? So, yeah. so again, I think doing it in a holistic way, the the capital piece doesn't have to be this negative thing. Right. Um, and I think the way we see it, it really is, is how do we attract as many people to as much capital through entrepreneurship yeah. to kind of erase all of these historical isms? Um, so, so when I say it tongue in cheek, it, it, it's... Is straight on, I think, to our approach. But it's a great example. Um, there's a few, quite a few examples that came out. One of them that I liked was it was a, a like a coding boot camp business. Mm-hmm. You know, they go in, they train people in 12 weeks how to go from being sort of a novice, you know, somebody who's got an aptitude for coding to like right. somebody who can do an entry level job. Um, as they were working up their funding, I mean, they they were getting funding, you know, from people who who wanted to invest, but then really trying to dial into what's what's a great metric for that business that's going to focus the entrepreneur in the exact area that it, that in this case is a he that he needs to grow um and results in a healthy impact that right. the, the, an investor wants to see who has a double bottom line mm-hmm. well one that they came up with was uh 18,000 hours i think over three years of um time on the job that might be time doing the work it might be time in an internship it might be but it's but it's on the job time doing the coding because uh their 10-year goal is to see you know uh wealth right transformation but you can't get to a 10-year goal you know in year one but in the first three years you can you can set a goal of you know so many thousand hours of, of actually on the job time and by setting that goal, you're making all of your you're, you're focusing the business on the right thing, right? You know, and because you could you could, you could just say we want, we're going to take tuition and then um, be out, but because they were like, well, we want you know we'll we'll take uh, the revenue, but we'll also focus on making sure that everybody's on the right path. The right mm-hmm. number to track was how many hours are you are you on the job? Because right. the more hours you're on the job, the better you're going to get. And that's and that's to get to a very specific stated goal. And then the funding became more layered because then you had uh, some, maybe somebody who's more philanthropic right. who wanted to see just that impact happening in the community. You have somebody who is more uh, looking at it as a business who might be. Right. Um, looking at it is like great. That sounds that sounds like and, a great goal. You have to have a huge funnel of people coming through. And yeah. let's be honest, that sounds like the opposite of what we run into a lot of times in dealing with different cities uh, working on economic development or ecosystem building. Right, that mm-hmm. lack of that specific goal yeah. and that lack of that end state really yeah. hinders them then at. at having those first year metrics or yeah. what are those steps out the gate. So it's easy to say, Hey, we want equity for everybody. We want all entrepreneurs right. to be successful, but that's totally right. different than Sam. Look, we want to create 
the the business ownership to model the demographics in our city. Okay, yeah. now in the African American population, that's what we need to do in the ecosystem for the uh, Latino population or for females. So again, we can have these universal goals and and these targeted approaches. But it is, I, I think we both are are always uh, slightly humored and probably more irritated when we work with quote unquote system level players that, that have these very ambitious dreams that they cannot at all define. Right. So, it, right. or, or they start with the measurement yeah. without the end outcome, right? Like somehow yeah. training 10 people to write a business plan right. in they a year start- is going to get to something. But again, I think again, it's that end state and being very definitive on that goal yeah. um, is the first thing that a lot of ecosystems need to do. But it's the end state. And then saying we're going to stair step our way right. into the end state and right. each at each step, there's probably going to be a different goal, right? You know, cause, cause three years after having however many people, you know, with 18,000 hours of on the job um, work, in coding that company's uh goal is probably going to be much more let's say in like the job placement or in the median salary or something you know that has whatever that sort of impact metric is but you can't get to and i think that's where people go wrong they either start off with like the year 10 goal and then they don't understand why six months into it you're not like (laughs) making progress well the challenges of that pace of change too right i mean there's real political and real and and real and perceived issues on that pace to change. Yeah. Or um, they or they start with something like easy, which was what you were referencing, which is just like, well, what's an activity that might actually, right. you know, get toward people starting businesses? What we'll do, you know. Or even worse, what's add, an activity that I can count easily and then yeah. put on this 80 people statement. will attend a, a lean business model canvas right, class. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, well, I, I'm curious real quick, though. Uh, uh-huh. What do you think about the scooters? I, I, that almost warrants its own show. I I, I think the or is, is I guess it's not a show its own podcast. I think um, scooters, mobility, that last mile, um, and then the opportunities. I guess I think to put it in perspective, uh, when we landed here in, in Austin, there's sixty thousand scooters on the streets. Sixty. Um, so so in a paint, paint a picture. These are. Um, they're first of all they're everywhere. They're all right. battery powered. So it's an electronic scooter. The user interface is incredible. Oh yeah, like, I, I, I must say I've, I've added it to my. I am anti gentrification, but <laughs> I love the scooters. So, so, so full disclosure: the scooters are awesome. But I think it highlights another thing. Um, this, so we we got the backstory. The scooters landed months ago in Austin. No policy, no type of of yeah. anything. It was quote unquote the free market, right? You drop the scooters and they'll move around and so forth, um, which which has happened in a lot of municipalities. Um, I just read an article yesterday that the CDC is now looking at scooter use as the num- one of the number one health issues, right? <laughs> so now all of a sudden, and because yeah, the, the ER is filled up with oh people yeah, let's, let's that, quantify that. Even yeah. in Austin, the number one injury now are scooter accidents. So again, it's that lack of ecosystem or lack of system level views. And when you do something over here, then how is that going to affect healthcare cost and quality of life and wellness and so forth and and again it's not that it's a wrong or right mm-hmm. i think it's more of understanding and asking and being intentional and looking for the unintentional um consequences of, of a lot of action um, well and and it's not about getting rid of the scooters and it, it, i will tell you after this is like the year of the scooter itself by by the way because because as daryl said there's sixty thousand of them they are Literally, like you cannot walk two blocks without encountering a group of scooters sitting on a street corner, and I've stopped walking. I mean, it's and I think a lot of people. Yeah, that's the other thing has it's, ceased walking, yeah. and not only that, but I'm I've also stopped, um, 
getting into a car like an uber or a lyft although i'm using uber and lyft scooters right because now uber and lyft have scooters there's about i think six different brands of scooters that are all over the place um but I'm using the scooters almost exclusively well, and because let's talk I, can, about, I, can get, I can get two or three miles on Well, it. and I read this thing, too. I mean, this is why I said this almost deserves its own podcast. I read this article on death of the app, and I'm like, yeah, right. These things are the native technology in these scooters. You don't open an app. You don't do anything. You Your phone gets near it. It brings up the QR code. So the tech, the application of technology ease to solve a public okay. need, and la- I mean, it's, it's miraculous. But again, that doesn't mean it doesn't come with unintended consequences. And, again, yeah. and, and that's, again, just taking this system level view because, quite frankly, um, cities and municipalities may just decide that an increase in ER usage is worth it. Well, I just think it should be a conversation. I think Pandora's box has been open because I don't think <laughs> I cannot imagine going back when I'm when I <laughs> you're going to miss your scooters when you hit the when ground. when I was I, I mean, well, because especially this conference, you wind up the way that the conference is situated, um, you know, 10 years ago, it was almost exclusively inside of a convention center. I'm talking about the, the interactive conference, not the music festival. Um, now it's spread out into, I don't know. 10 hotels mm-hmm. I mean, you might have to walk Very decentralized uh, a mile and a half and you've only got you know 10 15 minutes between sessions to get from one place to the next the scooters have made it so that you can pretty much get anywhere within a few minutes um you literally unlock the scooter in a few seconds using right. your phone and you just stop you just leave it wherever it is that you leave it you know don't leave it in the street but you leave it and you take a little picture of it so that they can tell that you're you know you haven't mm-hmm. vandalized it or anything uh it is so easy i do not i cannot imagine that they can somehow reverse no, this no. and try to like regulate it out of existence i think that it's it is such an no. easy convenience i don't think it's i don't think it can go anywhere and lord forbid i mean it, it comes down to you know you need shoulder pads and a helmet and and yeah. so and so forth. I, I can um, see how people people starting to get tickets yeah. if they're not and, wearing. And it's a hard to regulate. I, I think one of the interesting things that are going to come out of it is, um, at least by the, I'm by speaking way, locally. Let me, let me ask you this: How many people have you seen wearing a helmet riding a scooter? Absolutely zero. I saw I saw one okay. because they had just given the helmet away uh, as part of a promotion from Lyft. Oh, or no, it was Uber okay. that was promoting this new thing called Jump. So they given the helmet away, and that person was wearing it. I and. Um, but literally, I've seen probably right. ten thousand people riding right. a scooter. Not a single one's wearing a helmet. And, and I was, I would say, one of the things, and we're speaking locally, coming out of Grand Rapids, the minority community has been this pretty livid on this whole bike lane expansion, especially through neighborhoods that don't participate in biking and through neighborhoods that didn't participate in that conversation. It's going to be very interesting (laughs) as scooters dominate these bike lanes because there's this mentality that bike lives matter, right? So it's going to be real interesting because, you know, while I may not use the bike lane and and I, I, I scorn everybody as I'm late to work because now I have one lane that used to be two, I could very well see the urban community for that last mile taking advantage of scooters and really helping whether that's trans uh you know helping with transit to the to to public transportation yeah. uh, to home from that transportation so it's i mean no, this, it, is, this is this is, is going to be very different who would have ever thought scooters as disruptive technology it's it's mind-blowing because <laughs> it really is i mean i can yeah. i've been doing i've been doing two and a half miles uh each way to get to where we're staying mm-hmm. every single night it is no problem. I would do it at twelve thirty right. at night. It there it is so easy. And you, when I think about all the years that like I've I've taken a bus um for a lot of years, 
the amount of times that I would, I could have gotten on a scooter, been to work before the bus ever showed up at the stop. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I I was, I I was introduced to him in Detroit and I fell in love with him in Austin. So it's, it's, it's all over. Hopefully it's, oh yeah, it's, it's my, (laughs) definitely my preferred last mile. Transportation again. I now think, you're going to I, I think the unintended consequences. Yeah, I, I would. I think yeah. the unintended consequences uh, again need to be looked at. I think it's going to have some very interesting conversations, even on some of our personal autonomous vehicle work. Yeah. Um, but if if adopted at scale, like it has yeah. in Austin, yeah, that's and at, game and at scale, at scale again is like yeah, you cannot like if you close your eyes, you're going yeah. to trip over one wherever yes, this you is, are. This is at scale, everywhere. meaning. If you want a scooter, you can grab one. Yeah. This is, yeah. Wherever you are. Wherever you want. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. 2019, the year of the scooter at South by Southwest. Something that I did not think was going to be. See, I did not see that one coming. Did not think that was going to be a big heard, story. And um, now I was speaking to uh, one of the ice council women's. They have uh, three-wheel scooter, scooters coming for older and um, people who aren't as physically able to stand up. So. Yeah, that's something not many people have been using the bike. There is right. so uh Uber also has a bike that they've put everywhere and I don't know if it's if it's because it's new cuz it seems like they just brought them for in for right. South I, by Southwest. I think I think bikes are going to be bike. I think bikes are going to be like the MySpace of last mile I, I, you know what i mean no, I, no, I, think, I think so many people invested in bikes and they yeah. wanted this bike thing and you see, now, the bike, you see I mean, those bike shares oh, they, they those, just, those bikes sh- and they're full of the, the bike oh, share kiosks right. are full of bikes i haven't seen a single person on a not single bike not at all um so again it'll be very interesting I, I would say that the combination of tech ease and availability um have made scooters way more adoptable than than biking even um and and again biking came with this this kind of um elitist type of status anyway in certain neighborhoods um but yeah i mean i'm looking forward to having a mobility conversation again and a lot lot of this stuff (laughs) it doesn't seem like economic development but it is that that intersectionality for instance i own i own a business and a commercial corridor which i would love for people to start being able to just get up and down the street faster yeah conversely i do miss you know walking and talking during south by and some of the conversations you have so so again it's not that there is not without its trade-offs but very interesting uh yeah, yeah, thing going well, on and, here, and just uh, like the Michigan House. So we always come down with the Michigan House, um, which Michigan House has been has been great this year. A lot of oh. the other thing I want to say though, the and this sounds so crazy, the 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 way that they have blended technology, ease of access, availability with scooters, it probably is the most accessible and equitable transportation solution that I've seen in years. Yeah, and that's yeah. crazy, right? Because this is. Damn things have been around since. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 if you have if you <laughs> so. have a phone, you can use it. Right. Um, no, but I think that I think that it, what we're seeing also is with like at the Michigan House, we saw um, a lot of attendance, and I think what it did is it stretched the uh, the ring around the conference of all the places you could go, and I think one of the reasons that we saw a lot more attendance this year is because it was just a lot easier to get around. You know. Mm-hmm five six ten blocks um than it's ever been oh it, it's phenomenal yeah yeah no i think that i think there definitely is a, a, a significant economic impact just beyond the supply chain that's another thing that supply chain for scooters is people get paid 
um, like like as if you were an Uber driver. You get paid to drive around at night, pick up scooters, yep. charge them, do maintenance on them. They have a whole like decentralized fleet of service providers uh, that are that are doing all of the charging and the maintenance on these things. But um, yeah, it's fascinating. That is our 2019 South by Southwest State of the Start. It is. And I'm, I'm Daryl. Paul. We might, we might actually check in again. Who knows? Um, we have a lot of different conversations bubbling up, but I definitely would like to go back to that mobility and as it relates yeah. to autonomous vehicles. And I, w- I will post a picture of some uh, of these scooters in case you're you're in a place that doesn't have uh, gigantic hordes of scooters parked on the on the corners, so you can get a sense of how many are here. And we're, and we're also aware that this ecosystem, as a field and as a conversation, is emerging work. Um, so you know, common definitions, common language. We're st- we're still sorting through all of this. So at any time, please feel free to email us. Go ahead and and shoot us some comments in the common area. If there's topics you'd like to like us to discuss, if there's something um, that we can learn from you, we, we yeah. we're sponges. So uh, again, we we look at this. This has been interactive, and, and this ecosystem building is a full contact sport, and we, we want to be part of that conversation. So however we can add value to the work you're doing um, and however you can bring us value, we welcome that, and we thank you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, email hello at startgarden.com. This is Paul Moore. It's Daryl Ross. You can let us know in the email. Uh, you can add us on Twitter um, or yeah. Facebook. I think we're just Start Garden on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And at Paul Moore and at Daryl Ross at, on Twitter. Yes, the Paul Moore. Is it the Paul Moore? It's the Paul Moore. Yeah, it's at the Paul Moore on Twitter. Well, I gotta get, I gotta have to get a the. Yeah, there's no like. No, it's probably taken already. Someone else is the Daryl Ross. I spell my name different. Huh. All right, all right. Thank you for listening. State of the start. See ya. Deuces.